Every day of our lives is spent in the built environment. We live in homes and apartments, drive on roads, get gas from pipelines, go to work in buildings, make purchases in stores and restaurants. We rely on factories, plants, doctor's offices, and hospitals for our basic human needs. And while our world continues to shift and grow and change, the development and delivery of the built environment has fallen dramatically behind. Welcome to The Built Revolution. We're here to engage the leaders, visionaries, and innovators who are revolutionizing the built environment. This podcast is brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group and the Construction Industry Institute. We thank you for returning for the third installment of the Built Revolution podcast's COVID-19 mini-series. This episode provides an owner's perspective on the impact of COVID-19 on power projects. CII's Stephen Mulva talks with Bill Boyd, a director with Southern Company and the former chair of CII. As you probably know, Southern Company is a leading energy provider serving more than 9 million people. Hello, this is Stephen Mulva. I'm the director at Construction Industry Institute, and today we're talking with Bill Boyd, who works at Southern Company. Uh, Bill, great to have you here on the Built Revolution podcast. Hey, Stephen. Good to be here. Well, we know this isn't the first time you and your team have been on the front lines, Bill, of a natural disaster, an epidemic, or a major storm. Um, you know, as a power supplier, Southern companies typically at, on the front lines. Uh, anytime the general public is instructed to stay at home or shelter in place. Um, but in this particular circumstance, how would you say that working the front lines during a global pandemic is is different from the other national and local emergencies that you all have experienced? I would say probably the um, the biggest difference is the safety precautions were taken around COVID-19. Uh, just uh, the nature of some of our work, uh, the social distancing, the self-screening with the various uh, contract partners, labor partners, and then how we implement some of the safe practices around face coverings and uh, sanitation and those kind of things is probably the biggest the biggest difference we've seen, uh, but the teams have done an incredible job and been able to do that work safely. Um, we have been tested several times recently with the projects and with some of our storm recoveries, but the teams have done a good job responding to that. Oh, that's good. Well, let me just add for, for everything that you and your colleagues at Southern Company are doing for the, for the people and the communities you serve, let me just add my thanks. Uh, to the contributions and commitment you all have for improving how we build and 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 provide power, uh, especially in in the regions where you operate, even during these most critical times. So, just I want to offer my thanks and to you and and your team. Thank you. So, Bill, you participated with CII on a webinar on at the end of March uh, about Southern Company's response to the impacts of COVID nineteen. Um, if it's okay, I'd. I'd like to focus what's changed in the last month. I know you've got a, a number of projects with a lot of workers on the site. Um, have you had to shut any of these down temporarily? Hey, I, hey, Stephen, I'd just like to, uh, you know, quantify the the work that I support, my team supports, is primarily power generation, non-nuclear, so I can speak details about that. I know in the press you've seen some some information about our our Vogel 3 and 4 project. Um, but my response will be specific to the power generation facilities. We have some 20 some odd projects across the United States that we're 
executing right now in some some phase and uh we've been able to keep all those projects going uh we did we did pause one um for the last few weeks but that project is uh, in the process of evaluating a slow start back uh, in a very controlled environment and really really our projects are associated with some key uh, infrastructure projects and so uh, you know it's not just the construction project but it's also the operations of facilities also so we've been very fortunate with our partners and with labor to be able to continue on our projects um, you know each project's unique uh, the situation with the COVID is very dynamic, um, and uh, what we found is you have to address each site in that manner. Um, we are excited about the one project being able to ramp back up uh, in this controlled fashion. Very fortunately, as that project was, we were pausing that project uh, in the same area we were starting another project. So uh, the, the labor resources needed um, were able to be shifted over. Um, I think uh, it was good for all involved. So safety is first for us, and uh, we'll always take the safe the safe route. Um, and I think that's what we see happening on our sites. That's well, good to hear. So during during the pause, it sounds like you were able to shift some of the workers, and and they did not experience a interruption in their employment. Is that correct? Yeah. So a lot of these, a lot of these workers are uh, tied to some of our outages anyway. So we ramp up and ramp down. Uh, and like I said, on this one project, we were ramping up. Uh, we were ramping up with a job uh, within the same area while this one was ramping down. So uh, now as we're talking about starting this project back up, we'll be ramping up with smaller crews, uh, kind of in a phased in process, just to ensure that we, um, again, are, um, mindful of the existing plant operations and no interruption there. Okay. Of the 20 projects or so that you've been talking about, um, have there been some schedule impacts due to, to, due to COVID-19 and, and maybe just the, the, the physical separation and the cleaning activities and a, and a number of those uh, types of issues that you've been encountering on these sites? So, so, to, to date, we have not seen that, but I think some of it's still to be determined. Um, you know, I think there was a good recommendation on an earlier webinar about making sure we have a good baseline and schedule. It's good. The status is uh, accurate as we um, pause our projects or slow our projects down. Uh, from what I understand, the weekly updates I see on the schedules, uh, with, with the exception of this one, I mentioned I'm sure we'll see some impact to that one project, but the rest of them are able to uh, really continue on. Um, and that's, I think that's what's been most amazing to me and my peers is our, our teams are very uh, resourceful and how we're getting work done today. Um, uh, you mentioned the, the cleaning, uh, we, uh, the reporting of illnesses, somebody's not feeling well, uh, quarantine that area. We have uh, kind of these rapid response teams that come in and clean the areas. Um, and those things happen very quickly and with uh, really minimal, minimal disruption to the rest of the project. Oh, that's good to hear. Um, one thing I think you mentioned in the past was that you've been holding weekly calls with your contract partners. I was just wondering if those are continuing and uh, maybe what you're hearing 
from those contract partners in in terms of what's happening uh, right now and maybe what they're experiencing. It sounds like a, a really good best practice um, for for managing sites through through this time period. Yes, ab absolutely. Uh, our labor group with internal to Southern Company facilitates that call. Um, it is with all our la labor partners. Have a call with all our labor partners and a call with our contract partners. And uh, the intent of that call was to make sure we're on the same page as far as expectations, uh, really how serious um, the self-assessment and some of the guidelines we're getting from CDC. We, we basically follow the CDC uh, recommendations. And um, so that, that touch point, that weekly touch point is to make sure um, it's clear to everyone what the responsibility is and what the current um, expectations are. So it's, it's been very positive. Uh, if there's any confusion, we're able to clear it up at that time and make sure our partners are getting the information they need. For the craft professionals on, on your sites, uh, are there specific worries that they may be having at this time? Have you been hearing any of the, those kinds of things through I, your labor and or contract partners? I think we're over communicating with them right now just to make sure we're not, um, we're trying to eliminate some of that. Stephen, you know, the, the absence of information, people sometimes uh, think the worst. So I know the project teams have done a good job of everything from, you know, the still contacting through the all safety meetings, but it's done via radios or two-way radios, um, some kind of method to make sure all the craft are getting the same information, but they're uh, communic over communicate with them, the job safety briefings, um, and then any updates on, on the sites communicated through, not, just to the craft, but also to our contract partners and also the labor partners. So everybody's getting the same message. Some sounds good. I've heard some of the sites are using an email blast, um, the two-way radios and other things to make sure information is communicated. Are there other things that maybe you've had to change for projects that are underway? Maybe even projects that are in design? Are, are there different ways of working or that your colleagues at Southern Company have had to collaborate um, on those other types of projects? Probably the biggest thing right now is some of our early uh, engineering procured equipment where we have uh, witness hole points. We're doing some of that work uh, via uh, technology, virtual inspections, virtual hole points. Um, that seems to be working pretty well. Uh, we were skeptical about that to start with, but uh, we've had good success with that recently. Uh, some of the collaboration with the teams, how's that, how that is done in the past, you know, that would be in a, in a group setting. That's all been done virtually now. Um, so that's, that's probably the biggest challenge we had. Um, you know, making sure the design tools work, um, the technology works. Uh, initially that was somewhat of a challenge, but I'll tell you that's, that's performed better than we expected. Um, the remote working seem to it seems to be working pretty good for us. Yeah. Um, so, along those those lines, um, my question here is really about what types of technologies uh, you might be using out on your sites. Uh, we've we've heard from some other CI members that they're using, uh, you know, GoPro video cameras, um, 
to, to keep their sites moving or uh, using drones? Or I'm just wondering if there's some technologies such as that that maybe you guys are employing. So, so I know most of the sites are using drones. I think the virtual meetings I've, I've been a part of and, and the teams doing the quality inspections, both uh, the construction construction inspections at the sites and the uh, shop inspections. I think basically, Steve, they're just using phone, phone cameras. Uh, I know the quality there is not as good as we'd like, um, but um, they're also using some of the drone footage. Also, I think most of these sites we have, especially on the, the Ash Pond closure projects, we're using the drones there also. Other question is about social distancing at the site itself. I know some sometimes workers uh, like welders and pipe fitters, they have to work in close proximity. But I'm wondering for Southern Company how you're encouraging social distancing or how you're putting that into practice at, at the sites. So most of the sites have their site-specific plans. Uh, I, I know uh, we have a, uh, a call with our partners, um, a Tuesday call, safety call on safety. And I know they have put in place particular um, social distancing rules, like transportation on the site. Um, in the past, people would get into uh, say an extended cab truck. Now, now only two people can get in that truck and it has to be one in each corner of the cab. Uh, other vehicles, only one person is allowed in the vehicle. So I know they put some things in place, brakes, staggering brakes, separating brakes, lunches. Um, I've already talked about the job safety briefings being done virtually. Uh, so they're putting things in place to make sure, that, again, we're serious about safety precautions, just like we would be on other safety requirements. And uh, we're taking these precautions just um, just as serious. Okay. Um, for projects that are located near state lines, have you experienced any difficulty for uh, materials or contractors or craft professionals getting to the job from, from different places or, or are most of these projects located pretty uh, deep within the state boundaries? Uh, we, we have several you know, across state lines, we're at state lines. Uh, the, the call we do with our contract partners and laborers on Friday, we try to get an update from where each state is with their um, shelter in place or what the local government is um, requiring. Uh, fortunately for us, we haven't had a situation where we've been stopped from working. Uh, we have offered to provide safe harbor letters to our contract partners. Uh, I understand those letters have no legal binding meaning, but they can be used if needed. But to date, I'm not aware of a situation where getting to a site or traveling to a site, somebody has been stopped from doing that. I will tell you, we have seen some deliveries of equipment, uh, pri primarily international um, shipments have been impacted by uh, COVID-19. Do you anticipate the those deliveries of equipment or materials to be increasing at this point or or is this a relatively new phenomenon it's a direct impact it's a direct impact to covid 19 and i guess uh, the the international shipments are what we're seeing right now has been more impacted than some of the domestic shipments of equipment um, 
but I think more, more to be, you know, determined by that as these shipment dates get, get closer to um, shipment times. Yeah, this has all been really interesting, valuable advice. Appreciate that. Um, I'm just thinking as we close out here, if there were any other um, maybe CII best practices that you might be able to recommend to the listeners of the podcast that might help them during, during these times. Uh, I know that Southern Company has been uh, a strong implementer of, of the, the research and the practices in the past, and maybe you've been benefiting from some of those things. Yeah, I, th I think right now one of the things we're looking at is uh, kind of the stopping and restart of the project. So the project we're looking at restarting, you know, how do we do that in a very controlled manner, uh, maybe using the construction readiness, uh, uh, project risk assessment or PRI. Uh, how do we put that into our process to make sure, um, again, that the restarts, the restarts done very, um, very controlled and we understand the, the uh, consequences of what we're doing. So I think those practices are ones we'll definitely have in our process and we'll be using specifically on this one site that we have had to uh, stop and restart. But we have in our, in our process uh, to continue that with other projects also. So I think CI is a good resource for us. Uh, I know there's been a, some conversations about putting a, a package together that uh, members could use that, that points to these different resources. So, uh, you know, I appreciate the work CI has done. Sure. Yeah. We're, we're focused on, on doing that. Um, I'm just thinking maybe there's a question that I didn't ask you that, uh, that you think it would be important for the podcast listeners uh, at this point, in, anything else that, that you could think of, of uh, what you've experienced lately. No, I just say, Stephen, the, you know, the, the environment seems to be stabilizing somewhat. We're trying to, I think we're better understanding this new norm. Uh, however, I, each site's still very, you know, dynamic. Um, I, you know, I think we should stay very focused uh, and disciplined kind of in this uh, layered approach to remove the risk associated with COVID-19. I think communication within industry peers uh, leveraging, um, you know, what, what each, each is learning from different situations. And I think, uh, we talk about this at CI a lot, the relationships, um, uh, in the industry. So between our contract partners, owners, labor, uh, suppliers, um, now more than ever, that is, that's key to our success. And, um, I can't tell you, I think we've, we've, um, We've been very, very pleased with that relationship here uh, in Southern. Good. I'm, I'm glad it's it's working out. Um, thank you again for all that you're doing uh, with with uh, other companies in the industry. And I uh, just really appreciate the commitment that you and your colleagues at Southern Company have, have shown through this, this crisis. Um, and above all, really appreciate you for uh, joining us here today on the on Built Revolution podcast. And uh, we'll look forward to talking with you later on. Thanks for listening to the Built Revolution pod brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group and the Construction Industry Institute. Continue the conversation on Twitter at Built Revolution Pod or email us at hello at builtrevolutionpod.com. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals being interviewed, and they do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsoring organizations.